Why do you need dad-approved marketing? Stay tuned and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. What is up? What is up? What is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to your weekly dose of Get Different Learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman. And you? Well, that, my friend, is infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur or business owner or Perhaps you're one in the making. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart. Just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business tips and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. That's why I'm bringing you a very entertaining and awesome episode today. Today, Mike Michalowicz shares why we need to boil it down to the core, why we need dad-approved marketing, how you should align with your audience, and what random acts of kindness can do for us in our marketing. The who, what, when, where, and why. All right. Plus, I'm going to let you in a little sneak uh, peek of our next guest, next interview episode guest, who was all about getting their picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. (laughs) As per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal, business, and marketing G-O-L-D spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. Alrighty, my Dark Horse friends and family. Today's guest is Mike Motorbike. Yeah, you're going to get, yeah, it's going to make more sense here shortly. Mike Michalowicz. Now, Mike is the creator of Profit First, uh, which is used by hundreds of thousands of companies across the globe to drive profit. He's the creator of Clockwork, a powerful method uh, to make any business run on automatic. Um, in Then in his next book, these are all books, by the way, in case I didn't mention it, in Fix This Next, Mike details the strategy businesses can use to determine what to do in what order to ensure healthy, fast, permanent growth, and also to avoid those debilitating distractions. In his new book, we're going to chat about a bit this time, Get Different, and I've been reading this book, and it is fire. Mike offers a proven, no-bullshit method to position your business, service, or brand to get noticed, attract the best prospects, and convert those opportunities into sales. Man, that's what we're looking for, isn't it? All right, Mike, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur, brother, man. I'm glad to have you here. Oh, Tracy, it's a joy to be with you. So thank you for having me. I definitely appreciate that. And, you, and you're rocking the beard. Yeah, I'm trying. Right? Listen, listen, I'm not nearly your level, obviously. I, I aspire. But I don't know if you experience this. you got to get approval at each level of growth from your wife. So at first I had just like a scruff thing. And she's like, yeah, it kind of works. And I let it grow. And she's like, I kind of like it. And I got to where I am now, maybe like a two-inch growth. And uh, she liked it. I let it grow a little bit longer. She's like, I'm not liking it. So I said, okay, okay, okay. You found that level, right? Yeah, for now. And then I'm going to push it again. You know, you push a little bit. It's like stretching yeah. something out. You push right. it. Again. It's like practicing your skills, right? Exactly. We were, my wife and I, we were we were avid like uh, um, 
not, not thrift store. We go to thrift stores too, but we like going to like the swap meets and the craft fairs. Yes. And they have this huge one. We have this place up here in West Southeast Wisconsin called Holy Hill. And it's just like it sounds like it's, it's a church up on a hill to, cool. uh, I think it's St. Mary's Cathedral or whatever it is. And once a year, they do this huge, all these vendors come up and the lions are there and the whole nine yards. And so we were there and as we were walking along, checking things out. And what's really cool is it goes through the woods. It's oh, not like set in a parking lot. So it's like cut into the woods and stuff. Yeah. So it's really pretty. And there's this big dude, he's an easy 6465. Yeah. Right. Clearly a motorcycle enthusiast. And he had yeah. this beard, very long, but very trimmed and very, you could tell he took care of it. He just didn't let it rock. Right. Yeah. And she goes, You're almost there. I was like, <laughs> oh. Because I was, I was admiring his beard. I mean, I was like, yeah, dude's beard is bad. That's a badass beard. So I have a beard story, which is, it ends in the opposite. So I went down to Savannah, Georgia. I went to a Savannah Bananas baseball game, which is this minor league baseball team, but they have a fanatical fan base because of how much fun they have. Mm-hmm. And they have these extreme fans. One fan took his beard and shaped it into a banana. He, he said it takes over two hours of doing it. Like it hooks up on the side even spray paints a little bit. And I'm like, that is a beard. And my wife is, if she goes, if you ever effing dare do that, I will kill you. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I just, I'm just, I would never do that. He yeah. scratched it off his to-do list, right? Yeah. No banana right. beard. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Right on. Okay. Well, I want to, like I mentioned earlier, I want to shut my babbling mouth and I want you to tell your story. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, that brought you to where you are today and why you love doing what you do so much. Yeah. So, so maybe, Okay, I'll, I'll give you the quick version. Okay. I'll start with the today. So today I'm a business author. Um, I've been for 15 years full time. Um, you can see I have them strategically positioned behind me there, but uh, well placed. You're right, well placed over the shoulder. Um, so Profit First is my most popular book, but I've written seven books combined. I have a new book coming out on marketing. And um, what I try to do is take the essence, I investigate a topic and try to actually boil it down to the essence. What makes marketing work and why is most marketing fail and, and how to make it work? What what makes business profitable? Why most businesses aren't profitable and how to make them permanently profitable? You know, investigating that. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. So every book I'm writing, admittedly, is something I don't understand when I start the journey. I something I need, I still am an entrepreneur. I own a few businesses and I things I want to deploy in my own businesses. So my marketing book, it's called Get Different. In my marketing book, I've been researching now for about 10, a little less than 10 years, about seven years, um, what makes marketing work or not. And we've been testing in our own business, same thing with Profit First and so forth. And then kind of rewinding my history. So out of college, I thought I'd have a job, just like my father did, get one job. Uh, he worked at an oil refinery, you know, in that capacity, uh, manufacturing stuff. Work for an oil refinery or whatever for the rest of your life, be an engineer. Um, but for me, uh, I couldn't get a job out of college. So the job I did get was uh, for a little computer store. It wasn't like a career job. And one night went out for drinks with a guy there. Got a little boozed up admittedly and thought I was doing all the hard work. Like, I, you know, I sell computers and sell printers. The guy in the back counts money. The owner smokes cigars. That should be me because I'm doing all the work. So in a drunken stupor, I decided to start my own business that day, that next morning. Um, hungover. Uh, I tried to get my job back and the guy's like, no kid, good luck. Uh, and he didn't mean good luck. And uh, then I found out that a business owner does not sit in the back counting money, smoking cigars. It's more like chewing your fingernails off, panicking how to get money 
Right. And so I, I thrust into entrepreneurship and I, and I struggled. I've lost money, I've made money. I've had the peaks and valleys. And through that journey, um, finally came upon a, a mission to help entrepreneurs in the struggle. I, I call it eradicating entrepreneurial poverty. Mm-hmm. It's perception where you start a business and you're, you're rich, but the reality of struggle, no time, no money. And, and I commit to closing that gap uh, for everyone that I can, that I can serve through my books. Nice. I like that. And I have to, uh, I have to sing the praises of this really cool uh, bookshelf that you have placing your books on. It's a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really cool. I've never seen that before. Yeah. And, oh, I love that you said that. Uh, and I'm not surprised you noticed it. So this tree came out of the research for my newest book. So in Get Different, what I realized is most businesses, most business owners, most entrepreneurs don't market effectively. What we, most of us do actually is the best practices. We hear, oh, you're, you have a, a pretty nice website. I'm going to copy your pretty nice website and make it pretty nicer. And we're actually replicating each other. But why found in my research is the consumer mind, our minds, um, are habituated, meaning we're used to a way something presents, and then we ignore it. So if you ever got an email that started off with like with, hey, friend, um, mm-hmm. and then it let, right? The first time I got that, I was intrigued. It's like, oh, I have a friend calling me friend. Like, who is this friend? And right. I was like, oh, it's a, it's a marketing message. The second, hey, friend, I already had become habituated. I was like, I got these before. It's probably not worth reading. I looked at it a little bit. My third one, I've never looked at it again. When we see something we've experienced in the past and it was of no value to us, our mind becomes habituated and ignores it. In mm-hmm. fact, my understanding is about 99.999, it goes on almost an infinity, a percent of things that are stimuli actually get ignored. Well, what I noticed when it came to authors, as an author, I look at other authors, I notice they all have bookshelves behind them, prominently displaying their books. I'm like, well, you got to display your books. That's how you market it. But everyone has a bookshelf, which is ignorable. What can I do that makes it not ignorable? What makes it uh, noticeable mm-hmm. and you go to the root of different. So I found this through Etsy, a tree and, uh, you know, kind of play on a, a tree of knowledge or something like that. Right. But what happens is people notice it and they say something instantly like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I saw a tree. Or if I'm doing a virtual presentation from this room, I can see the chat going on and people, you know, they'll say, Oh, interesting conversation or presentation from this guy. Did you see that tree behind him? Oh, look at those books. Oh, I have profit first. I'm going to, you know, I never heard of that. Someone says, and, there's a conversation around it. So yeah, that's the essence of mar- of marketing. Be different. That's that's brilliant right there. And, and I do want to I want to spin off just for a moment on on, on that that why I call it the white noise. Right, it becomes habituated. Yes. It becomes that white noise. It just kind of mm, in the background. I had one of those uh, same experiences where I was noticing it. At, I caught this email, and I didn't recognize the from person. Oh, okay, but it said, "Hey, are you still up?" Okay, let me check this one out. And just like you, it's like that Hey You experience. It was an affiliate marketer trying to butcher something, you know, send out some product. I'm like, okay, well, move on. And then I started to notice a trend of Hey You's behind that. It was was like Hey You. And then it was, well, your your Hey You. I started noticing the, you know, are you still up? I still got one, like two or three more today. I'm like, okay, someone out there gave gave some class saying, here's a great headline. And now everyone's using it. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what's interesting. When it comes to effective marketing, there's actually three elements that come into play and that only touch on one. And that's the reason why it's likely going to burn out or fail very quickly. It's an acronym. It's DAD. Um, and the, the first D stands for differentiate. When we do something different, um, there's a, a part of our brain called the reticular formation. Its job is 
to basically open up inputs to our prefrontal cortex based upon three stimuli, something that's an opportunity. Like if we were meeting Tracy and Mike and I plopped down $100 or a million dollars and said, hey, I'd love to talk for another hour. Do you mind if we do that? Chances are, I at least have your attention because it's an opportunity. So mm-hmm. opportunities get forwarded through. But in a marketing sense, that's very risky. That's a major investment for me. Uh, and you may say, thanks for the money. I'm out of here and I'm out. The second approach is threats. Threats actually get put through first. That's the number one priority. So if I pulled out a gun and popped that down and say, Tracy, we got to have a, another hour conversation, I guarantee I have your attention. Problem is you're going to punch me and break my nose. Uh, you're going to do everything to choke me out. Like It's done for me because you're going to go into the survival mode, uh, mm-hmm. fight or flight. So threats cause combat uh, or combat scenarios, and, and you're going to lose as a marketer. So scenario two doesn't work. The only other way through the prefront, the uh, reticular formation to the prefrontal cortex is by doing different. When something unexpected presents itself, the reticular formation opens up because our mind then needs to consciously evaluate, is this an opportunity or is this a threat? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we were outside at that bazaar we were talking about earlier and, you know, out in the woods, wooded part and all of a sudden something squiggles in the grass, both of us will take a jump back without even consciously thinking about it because our, our reticular formation just opened up and said, there's something going on here that I don't know what it is. We go into a, fl- a flight response first because priorities are threats. It could be a snake squiggling by, jump right. back, or maybe someone has turned on the hose and the going back and forth. Right. We will jump back and then we'll pay total attention to it. And then you'll have that cognitive processing saying, oh, oh, it's just a, it's just a uh, hose. So what we need to do with those emails or in any marketing is first be different. So are you up? If you, if you don't get those emails, you're like, whoa. Am I up? Who is this? What is this? It's invoking curiosity. Right. There's then cognitive consideration. Where they lost out is the next two parts. There's attract and differentiate. So uh, attract and direct. So stage one, differentiate to get noticed, but it must be attractive, meaning it must be compelling. Uh, meaning you have to be feeling feeling that you're being served in some capacity by consuming this. So that could be entertaining. It could be, are you up? And it could be someone saying, I'm wide awake, can't sleep. I don't think I slept for three days. Uh, crazy story if you're interested, and you may get engaged in that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, commercials do this. If you watch the Super Bowl, they try to do storytelling, usually humor-based storytelling, to keep us engaged and keep on watching the story. Right. Um, but marketing can also be pain-oriented, saying, uh, are you up? If you're reading this, you may have insomnia like I do. If you suffer from insomnia, I found something that serves me. I'd love to share it with you. The last component is then direct, and direct is to give the prospect, a specific action to take. But here's the key. It needs to be reasonable and safe. So that email starts off with, are you awake? And then it says, uh, emailing you because I'm a sufferer of insomnia. I'm literally up right now. And maybe you are too. If you have insomnia, uh, we can, I found a solution for this. But the the direct would be, shouldn't be, buy our pills for $100. Right. It's too big of an ask. It's not a safe transaction. So I need to take these incremental steps to getting to final transaction. So I could say, um, if you like, I can send you a free report of 10 ways to reduce insomnia. One of them is by using our pills, but there's also nine other natural ways or something that you can tackle this. With your permission, I'd love to send this report to you and then give you more information if you so desire. Mm-hmm. And that is a way that uh, something like that could be effective. Differentiate, attract, and then direct. I like it. Dad. <laughs> the dad framework. I'm a dad. I, I yeah, have to prove. yeah, and you can use that. You can exactly. You can look at any marketing and say, "Hey, does Dad approve?" Which for dads, you get it, and for some kids, it's kind of creepy. But <laughs> but anything you look at, and you'll see a lot of marketing, like Super Bowl ads, is not Dad approved. They differentiate because they're funny, cool, unique. They're attractive because they tell funny stories or mm-hmm. interesting stories. 
but they don't direct. The commercial ends with nothing. It's like, could you imagine if Budweiser at the end said, you know, uh, click this link or, or scan this code on your screen right now or, or, or go to this website and give us uh, your email address and we'll give you a six pack for free or half off um, so you can sample the new Budweiser flavors. Now they've given us a specific action. Budweiser could get hundreds of thousands of emails in, in one commercial. Yeah. What they do? Nothing. Nothing. And I think that's a big lost opportunity yeah. that we should Cri- not replicate small businesses. Crickets. And, and I think that's old school marketing being replicated. Like, like yeah. you were mentioning earlier, it's just commercials have been so long doing the same thing. I, I want to spin off real quick because you mentioned in the in, in the direct piece, you know, hey, one of the things you could do is, hey, I got this great report. Here's 10 ways to X, whatever X is. And in, in your example was the, uh, the insomnia. Do you think reports are still seeing the same kind of activity that they used to? I, I created my first report just in full knowledge. You see the gray in the beard in 1995, right? So way back. So I've been, I've been in the report game and I'm seeing videos obviously getting a lot more play. Yeah. It, you think that's getting a lot more action than you know a better click through rate, so to speak? Than, uh, it, than it's reports? a great question, and it, the only way to answer that is with statistical information. So, um, I think there's a there's a general response saying reports are less effective, videos are more. But I think that's a generous response. I think what we need to do is look at the community we're targeting. Mm. Say you only target someone um, that is a geriatric who's uh, you know ninety or older. Um, a r- printed report may be wildly effective. It harkens to how they experienced uh, consumer information before. Uh, you know, so you, maybe an elder care report or future planning or w- whatever it is, you know, generational planning, state planning, a report may be the way to go. Mm-hmm. But now if I'm selling to a 20 year old a report, you know, they're so habituated to, they've seen all the reports. It harkens back to writing school reports. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying attention to a report. Yeah. I want a, a video that I can consume in 20 seconds. Yeah. So, as I was doing my research writing this book, what I found is that we have to identify the community and do something that um, is different, meaning it gets our attention, but also is attractive. A report speaks to a certain community when it doesn't another community. So we have to consider, does it, is it different enough to get noticed, but it's also compelling? I'll give you another example. We can do things that are different, but repelling. Uh, so say, say there's like an attorney looking to win a major case or putting down the closing arguments. It's the defense attorney. And uh, he walks in front of the jury in a clown costume and, you know, he's got those big flappy shoes and the squirting <laughs> rose. Like he will get attention from the jury. They're going to pay attention, but they're gonna be like, who's this clown? Like literally. <laughs> yeah. It is not attractive. Right. So you have to do the right balance. And that's why you'll notice. Um, I used to, used to work in that space to some degree. Not, I'm not an attorney, but used to work in that space on the computer side and saw that defense attorneys often wear, uh, Outfits that seem a little bit more outrageous. They work brightly patterned, bold colors. Uh, maybe they'll wear, um, instead of a belt, they'll have um, suspenders that are really prominent ornamentation. That's actually a technique. It garners attention, but done professionally, it retains attention longer because it's different than you know the frumpy uh, government employee with the yeah. oversized suit. So it garners attention, but it, they have to walk the fringe without being so outrageous that it's repelling. Yeah. That's a good point. Those are great points. And I think that comes back to some of the uh, the copy me, copy you um, environment we see a lot in, in, especially in the online marketing, right? Where I think some of the newbies are coming in, they're signing up with 
X funnels this or totally. groove X this, you know what I'm talking about? And they're following the formula because they don't know any better, right? They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're going in there and they're saying, here's what you need to do. Follow my blueprint and I'll even give you templates knowing full well they're supposed to, you know, modify them, but they're just going out there saying, here's the thing and burning out emails and burning out visuals. And next thing you know, they're like, why am I not making any money? No. So th there's this concept of best practices, but really best practices can, and when it comes to marketing can be saturation. You know, in my industry, the best practices send an email every uh, two days and have the subject line say, you know, are you still up or whatever? Mm -hmm. And now I have the same community being hit by the same message in the same pattern, they become habituated, saturated with information. And um, the best thing to do, of course, is to break out of it. But there's an interesting, um, I think, uh, compelling reason not to change, to do the best practices is simply fear. You're now listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. It, it, it's safe to do what I'm told to do. It's safe to call in the lines. The second I do something different, what if it fails? What if people make fun of me? There's a lot of this kind of Neanderthal rooted uh, fear that, that ruminates throughout us and, and, and we don't take action. So the, here's the great irony, Tracy, is that we want to stand out without standing out. We want to be different without having to differentiate. We want to be noticeable by being unnoticeable. It, there's this kind of bipolar thing going on. What I've been telling people, if you want to build your marketing muscle around different, uh, simply do random acts of kindness because there's no marketing expectation. Do something for someone without them ever discovering you and for them to have a joyful experience. Pay someone's marketing meter uh, without them knowing or leave a kind note for someone uh, or a flower on someone's stoop and never let them discover you. Uh, just pay for the person in line behind you and take off before they can say thank you. Mm -hmm. What that does is, first of all, it builds this, this internal joy. And uh, I've been doing stuff like this regularly now. And it's just, my gosh, it feels so good to do stuff without being noticed. But secondly, it starts building that muscle saying like, oh my God, the world doesn't stop when I do something different. Because most people don't do random acts of kindness. And when you do, it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm not getting booed off stage or something like that. And it starts dipping your toe in the water. It's a great way to start building that different muscle uh, before you actually go out there and deploy it in your direct marketing. I love that. I'm a I'm a big fan of the uh, the random acts of kindness. Uh, uh, post COVID, I was uh, I was probably the guy that may have paid for your coffee at the drive through, right? So you know, all of a sudden you get up there and you're like, oh, it's already paid for. You're like, well, 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 you know, you you I'm already gone, right? I'm I'm three blocks away, and love it just it just leaves that joy inside you. And actually, I took it one step further uh, when I was between uh, roles. And looking for a new role in my corporate career, I would go out to whatever the, the regional coffee shop was and, and get like $5 cards. And whoever interviewed me, they received a, ca a card from me saying, thank you. You know, you always send that follow-up note. Hey, thank you for your time. I'm interested in the role. I just send the follow-up notes. Hey, thank you for your time. I, I know it's got to be crazy. I've been on the other side of the desk here. I have a coffee on me. Prep yourself for the next batch of interviews. And you hear the greatest things, whether you get the job or not, you just, you just feel good about, I'm giving back. They gave me some time. It's good to go. Now, yeah, I, I agree 100%. And, and that, I would say then, the highest level of kindness that any business owner can do, yourself, myself, is if we believe that what we offer is superior to the alternatives, in all capacities or some capacity, 
So if I respond faster and that's better for my customers, if I do better quality work, if I care more, many small business owners, I would say, run circles around the large competitors simply because we care more. We're, we're directly involved. The customer means more to us and therefore we give them more. If you qualify for any of those better elements, then we have a responsibility to market because that's the ultimate form of kindness. Could you imagine uh, we don't market ourselves and the customer hires that big competitor that mm -hmm. is of disservice to them? That's the customer's problem, but it's our fault. You know, we didn't get noticed. If we get noticed and the customer buys from us, thank God we marketed because now they're being or they're receiving the highest level of service. Right. And that's where this kind of this random act of kindness muscle starts translating into, oh my gosh, marketing actually is, I think, the greatest form of kindness because you're making something important discoverable. Now, I'm not saying market aggressively to harm or or uh, manipulate people. Right. That I think is bad. Like I'm not saying take someone from point A to buy from you to point C, which is of no value to them, and you're taking money out of their pocket. No, no. I'm saying take someone from point A to point B, which serves them, is of the greatest value to them. They just don't know the pathway to get there or are even mm -hmm. fearful. Carry them in that path. And that's what your marketing should do. Absolutely. Uh, it's a, I, uh, I, I send a probably a, a modified version of that message. I'm all about it. To me, I think it's your moral imperative to tell people about yes. your product your service, whatever it is. Hallelujah, baby. Hallelujah. It's a moral yes. imperative because there's somebody out there that needs what Mr. Mike has, right? Yeah. And if you don't tell them about it, well, then they go and get, like you said, an inferior. And, and who said, who's to say it's, it, maybe it's not inferior. It's just not exactly what they need. And man, you have exactly what they need. So you have to get out there and tell it, shout it from the rooftops. Yeah, to give them the choice, to at least give them the choice, the awareness so that they can make an educated decision. I have a friend who said, uh, I'm very proud that we don't market at all. Very proud that the only business we get is through client, client referral. And I said, oh, that that's a shame. I thought you liked people. And he's like, whoa, I love people. I said, if you love people, you would express that you're available to serve them. For you to wait for your customers uh, to market for you is a sin. Now, listen, if your customers market for you, meaning they get word of mouth, they, they brag about your services, that is an acknowledgement that should be appreciated tremendously. Mm -hmm. But that is the icing on the cake. That means your, your client's doing marketing for you. And the day they decide to stop, you're not getting any more business. So appreciate that and, and, and facilitate that, but don't make that your source of marketing uh, solely. You have to get out there and deliberately, if you really care for people, you're going to care that they notice you so they can make an educated decision. Absolutely. hundred percent. Ah, this is fire. I love this stuff. Uh, I came, uh, my first real corporate career uh, was inside of Coca-Cola. Uh, yeah. I worked there 12 years and I was working in Coca-Cola marketing for North America and they are a marketing engine, but it's yeah. very, it's very yeah. And uh, it was funny. They actually wanted to step out of the norm because they have a very structured way, a hundred year old company, right? You, people sure. expect they have this vision. You, you, it's really hard to break out of that. So when they wanted to break out with new marketing, they actually bought uh, Barks Root Beer way back when. It would have been back in the early 90s. And they decided, all right, this is where we get to exercise our marketing muscle. And they come up with some really cool commercials. And then when they started, when uh, energy drinks started getting popular and Coke stepped into that arena, they were able to, because now they're going towards that younger crowd, not those, sure. you know, those folks that remember. And it was wild to watch the completely different types 
of marketing that was happening inside the same umbrella, but for obvious reasons, your crowd, right? You, we were marketing sprites completely different because it was really all about Sprite was one of the anchor uh, sodas in the NBA. So they had a very target market there. And then you had the, you know, the old product, the, the, the flagship Coca-Cola, which again, like I was saying, that's that hundred year old brand. You gotta, you have to stay true to that vision. And mm-hmm. then with the, the new things, like when Surge came out, you had kids, you know, I remember this one commercial, they showed these kids in a hoopty you know, headed towards a dirt field. And anybody who's been a young man and driven any kind of car towards a dirt field was the first thing you do, donuts. Donut, right? yeah, totally, and they're, totally. and they're, they're flying around the car. You see the car doing circles. And then they show the camera angle from the hood looking at the, uh, the driver and the passenger. All of a sudden, right across the camera, the product comes flying by. Oh, as they, awesome. That's it going in a circle. Then they started doing it the other way, a figure eight. It slid back by again. And I'm like, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a form of immersive marketing where you build the context of something that's attractive. Mm-hmm. So that's an aspirational component. Like, oh, I want to be in that car doing donuts. It's something that you want to experience, you're engaged in it, and then you immerse a product within it. Um, you see it in movies and stuff like that yeah. too, where the product is not the centerpiece, but it's part of it. And um, But it also is kind of the hero. So the, the experience you're having is amazing. And uh, clearly they're celebrating it with, or they prepared for it with surge. So it played a role in it so mm-hmm. that we anchor that in our mind, you know, as small businesses, um, when people hear about commercials like that, they're like, that's amazing. I can never afford a commercial. And I'm like, you don't, the goal is not to run a commercial. What we're going to do is we're going to do small experiments and there's hundreds of platforms. Email is very popular right now, but you can, you can do billboards. You could do print. You could do uh, catalogs. Uh, you could do um, affiliate you could you could foster some kind of party program like they did with Tupperware, uh, but you you can think of something radically new. So to give an example, uh, I'm actively speaking. COVID's put a crunch in in live performances, but I'm actually back on the road. I just returned and I'm, I'm heading out on th- Thursday. What I noticed on a recent flight, this is about two months ago. I I turned my phone on before taking off, and uh, I noticed all the hot spots or or what do we call it? personal hubs or whatever mm-hmm. for individuals. And one person had like the CIA as their code and it was ha ha, very funny. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, um, that's a marketing opportunity. Cause I looked down the plane and everyone's hopping on their phone. When I looked out in the terminal, everyone's on their phone. So what I did was I bought a Wi-Fi uh, wireless access point. You can, get the, you can get them for like 25 bucks, mm-hmm. small one that fits in my backpack. And I put a battery on it, but the access point, it says buy, get different. My new book, buy, get different on Amazon. So I turn this on and now when I'm at the airport, I just put my bag down and people turn on their phone to connect to the internet. They see the free, you know, uh, airport internet, but right below they see listed buy, get different on Amazon for me. Uh, when I go do a keynote now, I'll go to the AV desk and say, Hey, can I leave my bag here for the day? And I like, yeah, no problem. And then I, as I sit there and so if people walk into the conference, they're all hopping on their phones to get on the internet. They're seeing that wireless access point with my sales message. And I go on stage, I do my presentation. Tracy, people come up to me and they go, dude, you wouldn't believe this. This, this place is marketing your book. They, they say to buy, get different. I'm like, oh, no, that's me. You know, that cost me $25 plus the battery, which I got for free as a gift. It's a phone charging battery. Right. You know, we can do effective marketing at such low cost points and, and no cost points if we're willing to consider what can I do that my industry doesn't typically do. 
Right. Um, it's available. There's so many ways to market yourself. It's not you know just commercials. Oh, that's that's brilliant. And you know, some folks are going to copy that. That's that's a brilliant idea. And yeah. I think you know, I hope some people copy that. You know, I've been sharing that, Tracy. I've yet to have, not only sharing it for a few months because I've only been doing it a few months. I'm surprised how many people have not copied it. Because I've talked to other authors. I'm like, listen, there's something I'm doing. People are noticing this. And they're like, oh, that sounds amazing. They don't do it. It's amazing to me how fear uh, still sits there. It's like, well, what if the event host complains? Or, or what, you know, what if there's turn a problem? Turn it off. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, just turn Exactly. Just turn it off. Um, but that fear then is backfilled with logic. You know, it's better. Just, I don't buy it. Or it's going to become expensive. I don't know how to do it. And then they don't do it. Yeah. So I've been putting it out there and no people will copy it, but there's, when you come up with something new, I've been consistently surprised how long it takes for someone to get a free bookshelf or to do wireless uh, marketing. Um, the early adopters seem to take a long time. And that's a, that's a huge advantage to me. I keep putting it out there in the day that everyone else is doing it. It's become saturated. People habituate. It's no longer effective. So I have new experiments running constantly so that I can do the next thing once this old thing is, is burned out. That's brilliant. I, I love it. My, Mike's in here dropping bombs on us today. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally digging this. You know, it's funny is uh, as you were as you were talking about your tree behind you, and eventually people will pick it up and it'll become white noise again. Yeah. If I think back to my early rock and roll days, my big rock and roll fan, uh, my wife and daughter and I, we spend our summers, spring and summers, well, pre-COVID, obviously, attending concerts as we did. That's how we travel, right? And you know, obviously nowadays it's it's secondhand nature for the band to be up on the stage and their name be in big lights or some big tarp behind them. Yep. Now, when when I was before a teenager, that that wasn't the norm, right? If, at most, maybe they had it on the drum head. Right. Or some card standing off on an easel on the side. Yeah. yeah. And one of the bands is attributed for being the first ones to do this in big lights on stage flashing is kiss. Right. Who's master marketers, whatever. Yeah. Whatever you think about them as a band, they're marketing. I mean, th these guys are Geniuses. 40 years into it, 50 years into it almost. And they're doing their final tour and they're everywhere. You see their 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 marketing materials everywhere. It's just it's thinking outside the box and just being brave enough to do it. Be yourself. There's a technique you can use. I I didn't write about Kiss specifically, but there's a technique that they deployed uh, that I do write about in the book, and I call it the EST technique, uh, as in the superlative of a word when you add S to it. So you can be small, or you can be the smallest. You can be fast, or the fastest. Mm -hmm. What Kiss did is because uh, I remember reading uh, some of their their history, uh, their makeup and so forth. You know, they went to an extreme version of that mm -hmm. uh, with the costumes. Uh, they, they took metal and they, they really defined glam metal and or glam rock. Right. And um, that was so noticeable that you can argue, you know, uh, their songs, even though Detroit Rock City is probably one of the best bad songs of all time, in my opinion. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> while you can say, well, they're not nearly as sophisticated or talented as musicians as Led Zeppelin right. or someone else. Um, they grabbed the est of being the craziest or most unique est mm -hmm. presentation of themselves and it became unforgettable. Other bands tried to replicate that, but it was too late. Kiss had already defined it. Yeah. And so we all have this 
opportunity is look at our industry and say, how can we be an est? So, and I'd argue, exploit who you naturally are. So if you're a uh, accountant, you know, that's a pretty generic industry. There's a perception of, you know, a stodgy guy with a visor taking notes and the glasses on the tip of their nose. Why not be the funniest accountant or the coolest accountant who only wears shades? You know, why not redefine it? And and I'm not just picking on accounts. I'm just trying to think of, think of industries that are kind of boring. Yeah. And I was in one, the computer industry. You know, computer guys are boring. And that's how I started my career. I did okay. And then I got my ass kicked to Sunday by a company that had the guts to market differently. It was Geek Squad. Mm. All they did was they took the kiss move and they said, instead of being rock stars, we're going to be geeks. Tape the glasses, pull up the pants that are flood pants, yep. um, narrow uh, you know, uh, tie, and now I got a geek. And they arguably were not better technically than I was. Probably I had superior certifications and capabilities, but they were noticeable. Mm. And uh, people flocked them. Ultimately, they sold to Best Buy. It's a billion-dollar valuation plus uh, my company uh, didn't achieve that. We'll just, <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So I want to make sure I want to give you some, man, we're just rolling here. I'm, just, I'm enjoying this conversation so much, but I want to give you a chance to plug your goods. I know mean, you got the, the newest book and you talked about Profit First. Um, if folks want to check out more of Mike Michalowicz. Oh, yeah. God, guys, uh, right. well, that's, that's a doozy of a last name. Yeah, right. So, and- <laughs> We were talking off air, like, uh, you know, you, you, the, all of us can exploit that whenever you have a weakness, I call it the disadvantage advantage. What is a weakness? How do you leverage that? So on my website, if you go to my website, mikemichalowitz.com, you'll see there's a, uh, how to pronounce my name, but I make fun of my own name, making that disadvantage a fun experience, therefore an advantage. But here's the deal. No one can spell Mike McCallowitz. So I'm going to give you two ways to get information. One is go to mikemotorbike.com. Nickname from high school. The irony Tracy is never owned a Harley, never ridden a bike. Uh, I have no interest in riding bikes, but because Mike and bike rhymed, I was Mike Motorbike for a short period of time. So I bought the domain, mikemotorbike.com. And you'll see a fun surprise if you go there. All my books are there. Around marketing though, um, I'll give you one other site to go to. It's called gogetdifferent.com. So I've been studying now for seven years, um, marketing and and put it in this book. The book's not released as of this recording, but it's going to be released September 21st of 2021. Go Get Different has tons of free resources available. So even if you don't get the book, I have now about, I think, 75 different ways to market yourself instantly that no one else is typically doing. It's radically different ideas. They're so simple to do and they cost nothing. So that resource and others are available at gogetdifferent.com. Nice. That's perfect. Uh, Mike, Thank you. I definitely appreciate your time. Any final thoughts you want, any words of wisdom you want to leave everybody with before we say goodbye? Yeah, just the final thought would be go out and do. So, you know, we hear things, but then they drift off and then we never get to it. And in months and years past, if you believe in your product or your service, you got to start selling, you got to start marketing. And I would just challenge you today. The one thing you can do is do that first random act of kindness. No logo, uh, nothing but just be of service to someone else and see how you feel. That's mm-hmm. the feeling you'll get when you effectively market. And so we can start today. Absolutely. Words of wisdom. We're going to leave it right there. All right, there you have it, my dark horse friends and family, Mike McCallowitz dropping dad approved marketing bombs on us. What thoughts resonated with you? Here's a few that clicked with me right out of the gate. Thought number one, boil it down to the core. Mike started us off with what is probably one of the greatest pieces of advice anyone could give any business owner. Boil it down to its core 
essence. How often have we heard of, or we have started an adventure, a business, knowing or at least being aware of that core essence, right? Maybe we're standing in that field of clarity, and we start traveling along the path towards our vision or our dream, and we get pulled in this direction, we get pulled in that direction, we get waylaid by some shiny object or piece of software or promise of being able to reach our goal without any work involved. Yeah, we've heard those, right? Then all of a sudden, there we are. We're no longer in our field of clarity, but rather we're deep in the darkened woods of confusion. Now, if we would just stop take a breath and return yourself back to that field of clarity, back to where you knew what it was you wanted and how you can attain it and what work was going to be involved to attain it, you could and you can move yourself towards that goal, that dream or, or that business. So stop, take a breath Get back to your field of clarity now. Now, yeah, sure, you might have wasted some time and perhaps some resources along the way. But if you stop now, I mean, like right this very second and regain that clarity you once had, you can stop from continuing to waste that time and those valuable resources. Plug that ship up, y'all. All right. Thought number two, have dad approved marketing. Mike took us through his DAD acronym for marketing, that first D being for us to be different, to differentiate, right? Now, here's where I'm going to remind you to be you. You know, that's what I'm all about. There's there's not another person out there that is like you. That way, it's far easier for you to be different because you are different. By being different, you're going to be able to get through that resistance that other people might have at least long enough to determine whether or not they want to continue to listen to you, right? So be you. And in being you, be different and make good use of that valuable listening time that affords you that amazing opportunity to be in front or be in the ears of your potential audience and prospect, okay? So now that you're different, now you have to be compelling or the A. You have to attract them. Now, usually you attract them by providing some value in exchange for the time that they're going to invest in consuming your content, whether that content is an email, a social post, a webinar, a product or whatever. And then finally, that last E, give them some direction. Now, mind you, that direction has to be in line with where they are at in their journey with you. Cause you don't want to jump from a cold traffic, um, I, you know, that cold, I don't know you traffic to, hey, spend $19.97. And I mean $1,997 now, right? That wouldn't be a reasonable request. Or as, uh, Mike said, it wouldn't be uh, safe. So what you'll want to do is you want to give them that safe and reasonable direction to take once you have been different and you have attracted them to consume your content and give them that value. Now direct them to what is logically next. Now, thought number three, 
align with your audience. And perhaps this thought should be more, align your content with your audience. Mike was responding to my, my question, my, my query about the viability of reports today versus videos. And his response was very insightful and wise. Uh, the man has wisdom. Thank you, Yoda. Basically, it depends on who you're trying to serve, right? I mean, because if you're trying to serve an audience that is more willing to take the time to read the report, i.e. an older crowd like myself who grew up reading more than consuming videos, then perhaps your report would be better suited. However, if you're dealing with a younger or more uh, technically aligned crowd, um, perhaps a video is best suited given that they grew up with social media and that quicker consumption of content via video. In the end, the only way you're going to find out is to try and test both. Now, here's the thing. Even if you think your current version is working well, I would still urge you to test the other version. Because here's the thing, if it works, then bam, you have a whole new higher baseline for success and an increased stream of prospects into your pipeline. And if it doesn't work, well, at least now you know for sure and you can stop wondering. Thought number four, random acts of kindness. Mike reminded us that we can build our be different muscle by doing random acts of kindness. You know, those simple, simple things in life like paying for a coffee order of the person in line behind you at the coffee house drive through holding open a door for a stranger, sending a thank you card or note to a fellow employee without signing your name just to let them know what a great job they did or are doing. While all of these seem like everyday things. Nowadays, they really aren't. So you're practicing being different by being kind. Plus, not only are you building your be different muscle, you're also building up your karma account into a highly positive position. And we all know what comes around goes around, right? Huh? So if you create the habit of such acts of kindness, I find that these will be returned to you by karma in tenfold, huh? That's pretty cool. All right, so what inspiring ideas, tips, or thoughts resonated with you? Whatever they are, take some time as soon as you can. Right now would be a good time, right? Yeah, right? But as soon as you're able to, and write them down so you don't forget them, right? And then go out there, run your race, get your results, and let me hear about them. That's right. Email me at tracy at darkhorseschooling.com. Share the tips or ideas that you came away with, how you put them into action, and what results you gained from them. Heck, you never know. Might just bring you on the show so you can share your business and your successes. Heck, even share how you got over your stumbling blocks. All right. Now, in our next interview episode, our guest is going to be Jay David. I believe it's actually John J. David. Jay was the drummer from Dr. Hook and the Medicine and the Medicine Show. <laughs> well, my tongue tripped over my eye teeth. I couldn't see what I was saying. And Jay has some valuable lessons that we can all learn from from his time in the music industry. Now, I know you want to keep getting these valuable tips and awesome stories from the guests I'm lucky enough to bring on here. So please go on down there, 
hit that subscribe button. While you're there, leave us a five-star rating and some kind words in the reviews. Heck, ask a question. I read every single one of those reviews. And of course, do not keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D all to yourself. Share this podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know will get value from it. So with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.